0: Luke chapter 5. Let me start with verse number 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them, and they were at the shore washing their nets. So Jesus got into one of the boats. Don't you just love how Jesus rolls? He got into one of the boats, which was Simon. Simon, by the way, later went on to be renamed Peter. We're talking about Simon Peter, the apostle Peter right here. And he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Launch out now into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon Peter answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night long and caught nothing. Look at this. Nevertheless, at your word, I will. Nevertheless, At your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat, Get over here and help us. And they came and they filled up, listen to this, It says they filled up both of the boats so that they were starting to sink. Wow, now that's a good day of fishing right there, John. (laughs) That's a good day of fishing right there. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the great catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, Father, we quiet ourselves in this house, thankful for all you have done thus far, but hungry for more. We know, God, that our lives are so desperately in need of an adjustment of change. We also know that that comes by your Word. So I pray, Lord, that your Word, powerful, authoritative, would accomplish that. Let it change us. Let it adjust us today. And we give you all praise for it in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, say amen. amen. Now, church, I have to admit something to you today. I'm really not much of a sportsman. Oh, I knew you were going to laugh at me. Well, I laugh at myself. I've never been very athletic. I don't watch the games, you know. Uh, I watch the Food Channel, if I've got to be honest with you. And I say it with all the pride I can muster. Years ago, Pastor Dave, my brother-in-law, Rick, now he's, he's a hunter, He's a sportsman. He loves the outdoors, and he'll go turkey hunting and deer hunting and you name it hunting. He was going to go fishing off the Gulf of Mexico. And he has asked me many times, go hunting with me, go this with me, go fishing with me. Come on, let's go catch some big fish out in the ocean. And I just always, I'm not interested. I could care less. Well, he hit me right one day, Sean. He said, will you come fishing with us? And I said, you know what, I'm going to go. They got me a license, and we went fishing off the Gulf of Mexico, off of Galveston. And um, I thought, you know what, this is actually kind of fun. I'm enjoying being out here. It's beautiful, you know. Um, People there to help me, because I I was intimidated, because I don't know what I'm doing. But I had these deckhands just almost fishing for me. And all I had to do was haul it in. Would you know, guess who was the first one to haul in the big one that day? I tell you what, I got a, I don't remember what it was, but I got the, the big fish on the line, the first one of us. Now, they went on later that day to catch bigger ones than I did, but I was the first one to catch the big, the big fish. I just kind of started it off that day. I'm telling you what, it kind of got into my blood, and I liked that. It was exciting. I know, John, you're a great, great fisherman, and I know, Joe, you like to go fishing off the coast of Mexico every time you get the opportunity. Joe and I had a great, great day fishing years ago. Actually, it wasn't great at all. Joe, Joe ended up getting a little bit seasick, and he was like a beached. Seal up on the deck of that boat. I'm telling you what, oh, I'll never forget it. I thought he was casting out, spewing up demons out of him. It was so funny. Sorry about that, Joe. I just. <laughs> now he wants the mic. I want to talk to you about another kind of fishing story today, though, folks. One that doesn't need any exaggeration, one that is factual and true. Today I want us to look at the overflow that happened for just one. Because I'm looking personally for overflow. And I want you, I mean we're praying about overflow for this church. You might be praying about overflow for your family. You need to be looking today at how overflow can come for just one for you. That's what I want us to look at today It's the overflow that happened for one. It is Peter's overflow. Now you need to understand, Peter was a fisherman by trade. He knew a lot about fishing, boating. He knew the ins and outs. He knew the seasons and the times. He knew the places to go. Yet this particular night and day, he and his partners... Had spent it all fishing, but the Bible says they caught what? Nothing. Nothing. The fishermen then pull into the shore, disheartened, discouraged, dirty. It's a smelly hobby, fishing. That bait is ripe. That's how the fish like it, I guess. But you're dirty. You're discouraged. Going out all day and not getting anything, that's no fun. The fishermen pull into the shore. They're about to call it a day. They're finishing cleaning their boats. They're finishing cleaning their notes when everything changed. They have a a chance encounter with a man who was teaching and he needed a platform from which to teach. And from this day on, nothing was going to be the same for these fishermen. Today we will see how Peter went from nothing to overflow all in the same day. How did this happen? Well, first of all, Peter was willing. Folks, this is a critical step in order to gain personal overflow. Peter was willing. He was willing in two ways that I saw. He was first of all willing to give the Lord what he had. Look at verse number three. It says, Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's, and he asked him to put the boat out a little from land, and from there he taught the multitudes from the boat. So obviously, Peter did what the Lord asked. He willingly gave the Lord what he had. And what did he have? Peter just planted the greatest seed, which was his boat. The boat became a seed of sorts. He planted the greatest seed that he possibly could into the ministry of Jesus. Wow. Wow. He gave Jesus his greatest possession at the time as a platform from which to preach the gospel. That clearly had to be Peter's greatest possession. It was the source of his livelihood. It was what he was in every day. He gave Jesus his boat. And look at this. Think about this. He was serving the greatest need that Jesus had in that moment. By giving Jesus what he had, he was serving his greatest need. What did Jesus need? He needed a platform from which to speak. The multitudes were pressing in around him. The people were hearing about it, and they were coming from everywhere. And so Jesus, being being the great teacher that he is, knowing everything that he does, he realizes that water is a great amplifier. And that if you will get out on the water a little bit, the water will actually amplify the sound. And and so then all could hear. So the way to maximize the teaching, he assesses and looks everything over. He sees a boat and he says, I'm going out onto the water. So Peter, by being willing to give Jesus his boat, he was serving Jesus and what what was Jesus' greatest need in that moment. Peter was willing to give Jesus what he had. Peter was also willing to obey Jesus' command. Look at verse number 4 and 5. After Jesus was done teaching, and when he had stopped speaking, he said to Peter, Now launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will. Folks, you need to take a pen and underline, Nevertheless, at your word, I will circle it, put a star by it, and live by it. These are words that we should live by. He, remember, Peter's the fisherman here. Let's not get confused. And he didn't really know Jesus that well, because it says at the end of this, this is when he decided, you must be Lord. I am a sinful man. He he bowed in front of him. He was convinced as a result of this. But remember, he's just a dirty fisherman with a foul mouth, and we learn that later in Peter's life. Come on now. He's not the disciple yet. He's not the apostle yet, and he's probably a little bit frustrated because he's toiled all night and caught nothing. And here comes somebody that he doesn't know that well yet, wanting to borrow his boat. I'm already cleaning it up. I'm al- I've already washed my nets. I know better. I know these waters. I know my trade. See, Peter could have thought all of that and tried to convince this teacher. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate what you're trying to say to me, sir. But I do this for a living. I do this every day. I know these waters well. There's no fish out there. <laughs> or I would have caught them, because I'm one of the best. I know what I'm doing. What does he say? He gives a little objection, just a little. He just bumps him a little. Master, now listen. We've toiled all night, and we haven't caught anything. But he follows it up quickly with, Nevertheless... At your word, I will. Won't we just say that together today? Nevertheless, at your word, I will. Nevertheless, at your word, I will. And you fill in the rest. Whatever the let down your net might be for you. That's powerful, folks. But you have to be willing to obey. Peter was willing to give God what he had, but he was also willing to obey what the Lord commanded him to do. That's a key right here, folks. That's a key. Sometimes it won't make sense to us what the Lord asked us to do. That clearly made no sense to Peter, the fisherman. Sometimes we will not understand what Jesus asks us to do or commands us to do. Can we still still be willing to obey Him? How many would say, God, help me to be willing today to be obedient when it makes no sense to me, when I don't understand it, when I think I know better than you? Help me to be willing, willing to give you what I have, and willing to obey what you command. Another observation that I made, and I want you to make it today, people were watching. People were watching. Look at this verse. Number one, so it was as the multitude passed by to hear the word of God. Jesus stood by the lake. Now look at verse number 3. He got into Simon Peter's boat. He asked him to put it out just a little from land. And then he sat down and taught what? Multitudes of people. The multitudes were people that Peter didn't maybe know. See, there are people watching, and some of the people that are watching are people that he didn't know. He may have known some, but he couldn't have known all. But people that we don't even know necessarily are watching. I can't tell you how many times I go into a grocery store or Starbucks or you name it, and I have people say, aren't you the pastor at La Palma? I had it said to me yesterday at a wedding. People I did not know, I did not recognize, And they said, oh, we've come to uh, your Christmas program before. They're watching. Believe me, trust me when I tell you, people are watching. They were watching the interaction here. They're waiting for the teaching, right? So imagine with me, before it all happens, what's going on with the people. Jesus is, is assessing the situation. What am I going to do? All these people here, and, oh, there's a boat. This takes time. This takes time. He's got to get in the boat, then he's got to find out who's, who's running this boat, because, the, remember, it says it was empty first. Then when he got in it, I, I, I would guess that got the owner's attention, right? Somebody getting in your boat. So Peter's, uh, I'll, I'll finish cleaning my net later. Who's in my boat over here? I'm going to find this out. Right? So the people are watching all of this, watching his interaction with Jesus. Remember, he's a hothead, and he's got a foul mouth, and he's got a short fuse of a temper. Peter, we find this out later in his life. So he could have said, I don't know who you think you are. I don't know who other people think you are, but I'm tired right now, and I want you out of my boat, or I'm going to throw you out of my boat. See, remember, Jesus was all man. We know, we've read the whole book. The book wasn't there. The whole book wasn't there for Peter. We don't know if he knew anything about what was prophesied, who was going to come. People are watching the interaction. His words, his demeanor. People he didn't even know. But clearly, people he did know were watching as well. The Bible says his partners who were in another boat, right? Verse number 7, they signaled who? They signaled the partners. Who were the partners? Well, we find out who they were in verse number 10. So also were James and John, sons of Zebedee. We learn a little bit more about them later too. They were Peter's partners. So people that Peter did know, very close to him, were watching as well. They knew his temperament. They knew that he was probably tired. They knew you don't want to catch him on an off day, and this was clearly an off day. They were watching. Now Peter's a leader. He's a clear leader. And as Peter... Goes so go his friends and family. And as Peter made a decision, so did his friends, so did his partners. In fact, th- this is the same James and John, son- sons of Zebedee that go on to become disciples and apostles of Jesus Christ. There was another watching. Anyone to take a guess at who I'm going to talk about right here? I don't want you to miss this. The multitude was watching. Peter's partners were watching. Jesus was watching. Hmm. Think about it. Jesus was watching this whole time to see how he would react, watching every move that he made, watching Peter See, Jesus had an ulterior motive here. He already knew what he was going to do. Yes, he was going to teach the multitudes, but he was also fishing himself right here. Jesus was fishing for disciples. Who would just let somebody come on their boat? Who would just obey their commands? Jesus was fishing for for men who would fish for other men that day. Jesus was watching. Church, you need to understand something today. People are also watching us. You're being watched every day. You're watched by people that you maybe do not know or don't know so well, acquaintances, co workers, those close to you, all watching. When something goes wrong how do you respond when something doesn't go your way how do you react but mostly keep this in mind jesus is watching jesus is watching he's going to be asking you to do something soon something that won't make sense to you something that you don't understand he's watching to see how you handle this finally my last observation Uh, uh, uh. The perch was a whopper. (laughs) Now listen, I understand they may not have been fishing for perch that day. It may not have been what they caught that day, but oh, what a fish tale they had to tell after that. Fishermen tend to exaggerate their stories and the fish get bigger and the haul gets larger with each telling of the story. But there's no need for that here. Look at verse number 6 and 7. And when they had done this, obeyed the Lord's command, they caught a great number of fish so that their net was breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled up both boats so that they began to sink. Peter, James, and John would go on to tell their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren about the day they decided to believe and follow Jesus. They would tell the day their nets were almost breaking. They would tell of the day that their boats would almost sink. They told of the day of surplus. They told of the day of abundance. They told of the day of more than enough. Folks, they would tell of overflow in their lives. So there you have it, Peter's overflow, the overflow for one. It didn't end up being just for one, however, because God's plan for overflow, God's purpose in overflow is to bless us. Peter was blessed to bless others. Peter's partners were blessed, the multitude was blessed, and finally, to bless the Lord. Jesus was blessed that day. Jesus was encouraged that day. As a result of Peter's obedience, we are not told of a a recording of converts, but I'm quite sure, because everywhere Jesus went, people decided to believe in Him. We know of three that day. Peter, James, and John. Three converts that would go on to change the world and lead multitudes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's how overflow works. Overflow is so not about us, ultimately. If we could get that, Stacy, I'm telling you, it would revolutionize our lives. It's not about us. It's not about our nets breaking and our boats about to sink. Uh, Remember, he just finished teaching. There's still a crowd watching. Now, it says he went out a little bit, but I'm, I'm thinking that people are seeing all this still. I don't know. People still watching. Starts with a willingness of heart, willing to just give God what you have, Always be aware that people in your life are watching. This is how we can be effective in leading others to Christ. I just don't understand how you, how you don't lose your cool. They come in and tell you you've been laid off and you, you still have a song and a spring in your step. and a, I don't understand it. They're watching. I want you to bow your heads today. personal overflow, overflow for just one that will translate to your partners in life, those close to you, your spouse, your children, maybe literally partners in business, I don't know. But when God blesses and pours out on us all that He desires, it will absolutely Translate to others in our lives. If you're here today and you desire personal overflow, I want you to stand on your feet. You want personal overflow in your life. This isn't about this church right now. This is just about you. You want to get to this place of overflow personally. Come on, stand up. Now just lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm willing. I give you what I have. Take my boat. (laughs) Take my nets. Take all that I possess. It belongs to you anyway. God, we just surrender to you all that we have. We give you our cars. We give you our our homes. We give you everything, God. We give you our ability. Just as Peter, in surrendering his boat, was really surrendering his trade. God, we give you our livelihood today. All for your glory. Lord, if you could just use anything that we have today, and it would enhance your ministry, God. We willingly, Lord, give you what we have. Take our boats. And Lord, help us to be willing to your command. When you give a directive, when you give an order, when you give a suggestion even, Lord, may we not question it thinking that we know better because you're a carpenter and we're fishermen. May we just say, nevertheless, at your word, I will. I will go where you tell me to go. I will do what you tell me to do. This, my Lord, this is how we get to the place of personal overflow. And Lord, let the abundance come. Let the abundance come. May we then also have a whopper of a tale to tell surplus, more than enough. We give you all praise and all glory and all honor. Amen. Amen. Hmm. It's coming. Church, it's coming. My Lord. Not only is it coming, it's already happening for some. Let me tell you quickly a testimony. We finished our school year on Friday. Hallelujah. (laughs) I love our school, but I love our summer break. But what an amazing school year this year turned out to be. We had three students, one in preschool and two in our elementary. And this family we just fell in love with. We love all of them, but there's just certain ones you connect with a little differently. This family was one of them. The grandmother would bring them to school, pick them up every day. Found out she had a master's degree in teaching, and any time we needed a substitute, she said, I'm your woman, I'm your girl. Let me do it, and I'll I'll only do it if you don't pay me. I won't do it if you offer to pay me. I only want to offer my service to this school. She would come many, many days, many weeks, it added up to, volunteering her time and really good at what she did. Kids loved her and responded to her. We just loved her kids, her grandkids, and poured into them the best that we could. One school, they're albino boys, and they have trouble seeing. One school said they can't see, so they can't read. And they wouldn't take the individual time that is necessary for those who have special needs. So they just shut the door on them. And they had more than one door closed for them. And here's La Palma Christian Center saying, Come on, we're going to love you, we're going to help you. And these boys started living. These boys started thriving. They can't come to our school next year. And we're sad about that, but we also thank God for, you know, He sends people, and people move on. That's in the school, that's in the church, that's in life. But they gave us a card. Jolene said, I've got a special uh, presentation that I'm going to make. And I thought she was going to honor one of our parents who had for eight years served this school. And she handed me a card. It was from this family. We opened the card, and the card, I should have just brought that down. The card said, thank you for saving my grandchildren's lives. That's how they viewed it. La Palma Christian School saved their kids' lives. We're just trying to teach them the rudiments and love them at the same time, trying to teach them fundamentals of school. And it really grabbed me and broke my heart. And Jolene said, well, you've got to turn that page over because there's more. And I turned over the page and I, I I just broke. She said, well, read it. I said, I can't read it. I'm too emotional right now. It said that we will donate to the school two smart boards for next year. Now, you obviously don't know what a smart board is or you would have really wowed right there. This is my iPad right here that I preach from every week. A smart board is Apple's version of an iPad that's about 77 inches And it just hangs on the wall. And folks, we get two of them donated to our little school here for next year. I'm talking about turnaround. I'm talking about overflow. Let's not long to get there. We're there, folks. Let's enjoy the overflow and the abundance that God has for us. And let's be effective in why God brought us there in the first place. If you have a testimony of overflow and turn around, I want you to email me, steve at lpcc.org. I want you to email this. I want to know how God is turning things around and how the overflow has begun in your life. Tonight's going to be a great, great night. Pastor Moses, tell us quickly about that and dismiss us in prayer.
1: Amen. We're having a night of the arts tonight. Um, We're way overdue on one of those, and that's pretty much a night where we take bunch of talents and gifts from all members of the church, all ages, and we just kind of showcased them. There's going to be song, there's going to be poetry, there's going to be dance, there's going to be live music, and so we're just excited to kind of just represent our church tonight, and so that starts at 6.30 tonight, and then after that, we're going to have a uh, fundraiser for our music department, and we're going to have ice cream and cake. Okay, ice cream and cake. So bring your appetite. uh, you're going to have a good time. It's going to be great. And so we're looking forward to tonight. Father, we thank you, God, um, for your hand in our lives. Father, we see it all over the place, God. We see it everywhere we go. Father, you are so faithful, God, to your children. Father, and I pray, Lord, God, that we would live lives, God, of just obedience, God, and surrender to you every day. God, that as we wake up in the morning, God, that we would say, Lord, I'm yours, whatever it is that you desire to do. Father, I pray, Lord God, for those going through just dry times right now in their lives. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them, give them faith. I pray that they would continue, Lord God, to do the things that you've called them to do, Lord God. And I know that, Lord God, they will not—they uh, will reap a harvest, God. That it's going to be of overflow. Father, we thank you and we ask you this in Jesus' name, Amen.